0: This is Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com.
1: The opinions voiced in Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Guests on Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC. A registered investment advisor.
2: Welcome to Wealth Wake Up this Sunday morning. Dick Donahue with you here on KGMI. Thanks for being with us. Hope you've had a great Thanksgiving weekend. And a couple of announcements I've been asked to make, of course, is Dick Donahue and I'm a wealth advisor. And in addition to that, I have to let you know that investors cannot invest directly in the indices that I mentioned during the show, or the performance of any index is not indicative of the performance of any investment, does not take into account the effects of inflation and the fees and expenses associated with investing. And the S&P 500, which is a capitalization weighted index of 500 stocks designed to measure performance of the broad domestic economy through changes in the aggregate market value of 500 stocks representing all major industries and converting from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA is a taxable event. We talk a lot about Roth conversions. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and talk about it. Start up with a weekly commentary and the aftermath economy will forever believe that locking down the economy for COVID-19 was a massive mistake. There is virtually no evidence that the death rates were lowered by government mandates and lockdowns. Business activities in certain sectors were surely have slowed as individuals protected themselves from COVID. Think of hotels, cruises, restaurants and bars, amongst other services. But the government didn't have to aggravate the problem by applying a version of Medical Central Planning. Doctors, epidemiologists, and scientists can very be very good at coming up with treatments, cures, and vaccines, but they're not equipped to weigh trade-offs that involve costs outside the medical arena, like the cost of income or basic freedoms. There's a clear evidence that closing schools caused a harmful loss of learning, which could affect the incomes of future workers for decades while paying people not to work has warped the labor force. Economically, the United States ran up about $5 trillion in additional debt and boosted the M2 measure of the money supply by more than 40% during the pandemic, which caused a 40-year high in inflation. In turn, this inflation led politicians to release hundreds of millions of barrels of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve in an attempt to temporarily reduce energy prices. In other words, the U.S. enters the decades ahead with more debt, less spending power, an undereducated population, and less petroleum put aside for national defense. The U.S. has made the future riskier. At the same time, No one can know exactly what the near-term future looks like. Right now, the conventional wisdom is that the U.S. faces a recession. Normally, we would disagree with the conventional wisdom, but this time we agree. Unwinding the COVID policies will be painful and most people think that a recession is coming because the Federal Reserve is listing interest rates. Last week, the U.S. yield curve was inverted and two-month treasury yields yielding more than 30-year notes. Suggesting that long term investors think the Fed has gone too far. Obviously, raising interest rates has hurt the housing market, and imagining more economic damage to other sectors at these rates hikes bite seems straightforward. However, this is the first rate hiking cycle in an inflationary environment under an abundant reserve model of managing monetary policy. The Fed has held interest rates artificially low for a very long time, and at least for now, the entire yield curve is still below current inflation rates. But the real reason we expect a recession is that COVID policies severely distorted the economy. For example, from February of 20 through September of 22, real personal income increased just 2.6%, while real personal consumption climbed by 6.6%. And this happened with fewer people working because of the lockdowns and overly generous unemployment benefits. We estimate that Americans have worked about 30 billion fewer hours during the past two and a half years than they would have had if COVID had never been hit. Yet, federal tax receipts hit 19.6% of GDP in 2022. That's a near record high. In spite of the lockdowns, while corporate profits jumped 23% between the end of 2019 and the second quarter of this year. The U.S. borrowed from future generations, handed out pandemic benefits that more than replaced the lost earnings. Then it taxed the economic activity that this borrowing created and kept small businesses closed in many states, with large public companies remained open. The result is that spending, profit, and tax receipts were all artificially lifted from above normal. The whole economy got distorted and is still untwisting from these distortions. It's as if the U.S. economy had a car accident and the emergency responders injected it with morphine. As the morphine continues to wear off via rate hikes and smaller deficits, it is hard for us to imagine that those these above normal trends are going to continue. In other words, a recession is in the cards. Let's look at our global roundup for the week. And of course, the holiday shortened US trading week, global equities were firmer on the week. The yield on the 10-year US Treasury note fell to 3.71% from Friday's 3.79%. While the barrel of West Texas Intermediate crude oil slipped a dollar to seventy-seven fifty, and volatility, as measured by the CBOE Volatility Index or VIX, fell to 21.5 from 23.5, and macro news, what we saw at the U.S. PMI and jobless claims, warn of economic weakness. Wednesday's preliminary reading of the S&P Global U.S. Composite Purchasing Managers Index fell deeper into contraction in November at 44.6 from 48.3 in October, and it dragged lower by weakness in the dominant U.S. services sector. A spike in U.S. initial job weekly job claims to 240,000 from 223,000 a week ago caught the market's attention as layoff notices continued to pile up. U.S. yields eased on the softer-than-expected data, and the U.S. okays ESG funds in retirement plans. Under a final regulation issued by the U.S. Department of Labor on Tuesday, more U.S. retirement savers may soon have the option to invest in funds based on environmental, social, and governance principles. The rule clarifies that retirement plan fiduciaries can take the potential financial benefits of investing in companies committed to ESG into account when selecting 401k investments and exercising proxy votes. The rule reverses a Trump era regulation that made it harder for plants to put ESG choices on plant menus. And the Organization of Economic Development warns central banks to keep at it. So, anyway, the OECD advised global central banks to stick with rate hikes even as economic growth slows, saying the negative impact on real incomes from inflation is causing problems around the world. The Paris-based organization said the problem will only worsen if policymakers fail to act forcefully. It also called on the European Central Bank to raise rates much further to between 4% and 4.25% by the middle of next year. That's up from today's 1.75%. And investors are slowing the pace of U.S. home purchases U.S. home sales to institutional investors who then convert the properties into single-family rentals, dropped by 30% in the third quarter, the Wall Street Journal reported this week. Companies bought 66,000 homes at the top of the 40 U.S. markets last quarter, compared with 94,000 in the same quarter a year ago. Demand for single-family rentals has soared since the onset of the pandemic. The rising interest rates and home prices are causing investors to slow the pace of purchase. Slowing rent growth and raising property assessments are contributing to softer demand from investors groups. And we're seeing that Asian exports slump amid slowdown, amid slow global growth. Loaded inventories in the United States and Europe. Exports from Asian manufacturing nations slumped in October. China saw exports to the U.S. fall by 12.6% in the last month, while overall Korean exports were down 16.7% in the first 20 days of November. Taiwan saw a 6.1% decline in October, with orders from China sliding nearly 27%. This is Donnie with you with both of us
0: here on KGMI. We'll be back shortly. Hey, how was the grocery store?
3: Everything is getting more and more expensive.
0: I know, I stopped to get gas today and the price has gone back up.
3: We need to talk about the budget again. The cold weather is here and we're going to need a new furnace or maybe a heat pump. I'm not sure
0: which. Well, I was talking to Joe and he recommended Linden Sheet Metal. They had a new heat pump put in. The guys that came out to install it were professional, and the heat pump works great. He also said there's up to $2,400 in rebates that we can tap into. That
3: sounds great. Rebates and energy savings with a new furnace or heat pump? Let's call Linden Sheep Metal and make an appointment.
1: Call Linden Cheap Metal today and talk to us about staying warm this winter. Because in a world where it seems everything is more expensive, there are ways to save on installation and monthly utility bills. And we can also help with low monthly payments. Linden Cheap Metal, serving the Northwest for over 80 years.
3: Do you want to make a difference? From Bellingham to Walla Walla, Colville to Vancouver, in 35 communities across our state, the Benevolent and Protective Order of Elks is making a profound impact. Washington Elks, men and women, provide medical assistance to children, support our veterans, and give scholarships to students in our communities. You can become a member of America's premier charitable and patriotic organization. Visit discoverelks.com to learn about our 35 lodges across the state. Sponsored by the Washington State Elks Association and aired in cooperation with the Washington State
0: Association of Broadcasters in this station. KGMI Connects with Joe Tien is about our community and you. Biden said if Russia invades Ukraine, Nord Stream 2 is done.
3: That is evidence that he ordered a no, sabotage no, of it?
0: Each weekday at 4 p.m. I don't think Germany, who has that big of investment, would do it. Could it be Ukraine? Sure it could. There have been Spectre. How many James Bond movies <laughs> On KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM and KGMI.com.
1: The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group.
4: If tomorrow all things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife.
2: Welcome back to Wealth Wake Up. Dick Donahue, Wealth Advisor, with you this Sunday morning. We're Asset Advisors. We're located out on the Pacific Highway in the Pacific Commerce Center next to Wilson's Furniture. Our address is 5060 Pacific Highway, Suite 101, Ferndale, 98248. Our phone number is 1200 And check out our website at wealthwakeup.com. Go in there and look under... Take a good hard look at our website. I think you'll find some interesting information in there. Okay, let's continue with the weekly summary and we'll take a few quick hits here. The G7 nations are discussing setting a price cap of between $65 and $70 a barrel on Russian oil exports. The plan would prohibit companies from offering the insurance or ship brokering needed to transport Russian oil unless it's sold below the agreed upon price limit. And Russia's Gazprom on Tuesday threatened to further throttle natural gas flows to Europe through Ukraine, one of the last remaining routes in the region for Russian gas. The flash estimate of the November S&P Global Eurozone Composite Purchasing Managers Index rose to a stronger than expected 47.8 in November from 47.3 in October. The United Kingdom Composite also edged up to 48.3 from 48.2. The COVID-era logjam of container ships off the coast of Southern California broke up this week with zero vessels waiting for berths down from a high of 109 ships waiting in line last January. And with his plan to forgive a portion of student debt held up by legal challenges, President Biden extended a pandemic-inspired moratorium on the repayment of student loans through June of next year. In efforts to diversify its exports beyond China, Australia this week signed free trade pacts with India and the United Kingdom. And Nike News reported this week that China is buying gold at the fastest pace since the 1960s to try to lessen its reliance on the U.S. dollar. And the threat of a nationwide freight rail strike in the U.S. is growing as several unions have rejected terms negotiated by the White House in September. And beginning the 1st of March, Germany will introduce a cap on gas and electricity prices for companies and households to contain the fallout from loss excess to Russian energy sources. The package is expected to cost the government about 54 billion euros. And the the S&P expects default rates to surpass their 10-year average, potentially reaching 6% in the event of a deep recession. Much will depend on the length, breadth, and depth of a recession should one occur and on whether the Fed will continue to raise rates through a recession, analysts at the firm wrote. In a record, 48 cities in China are currently subject to COVID restrictions, one factor helping to depress oil prices this week. IG Metal, the dominant German labor union, accepted a wage increase of 5.2% <coughs> in 2023 and 3.4% in 2024, the union has historically set the standard by which other contracts are negotiated. With wages falling to keep pace with inflation, analysts consider a German wage-price spiral unlikely. And the Reserve Bank of New Zealand raised its cash rate by a record three quarters of a percent to four and a quarter percent on Wednesday. Indicated it expects to hike rates further and U.S. durable goods orders, which I'll spend some more time on here in a minute, rose 1% in October, with core goods orders rose 1.3%. So, let's go ahead and talk about new home sales here first, however. New home sales surprised to the upside in October, largely the result of a rebound in activity in the south. Given the geographical concentration. It looks like most of the rebound was the result of sales snapping back after temporary disruptions related to Hurricane Ian in September. That said, with sales down 39% from the peak and 5.8% from a year ago, it does look like activity may be starting to stabilize. The main issue in 22 has been declining affordability, with potential buyers getting squeezed by both higher prices and rapidly rising mortgage rates. Assuming a 20% down payment, the change in mortgage rates and home prices since last December amount to an 87% increase in monthly payments on a new 30-year mortgage for the median-priced new home. No wonder sales have slowed down. Even though 30-year mortgage rates remain a significant headwind, currently sit near 7%, it's important to note that rates have recently fallen roughly 50 basis points. That would be a half a percent from the peak. Another piece of good news is that while a lack of inventory has certainly contributed to price gains in the past couple of years, that is no longer as much a problem. The month's supply of new homes, which is how long it would take to sell the current inventory at in today's sales pace, is now 89 up significantly from 3.3 months earlier on in the pandemic. And while the month's supply of completed homes is still relatively low, 1.2, the inventory of completed single homes has begun to rise quite rapidly as builders finish more units and rising cancellation rates on purchases leave potential buyers with more options. And while we don't get new reports on some of our favorite home price data out until next week, it's clear that this additional inventory is contributing to the decelerating trend in home prices that we reported on last month. Though not a recipe for a significant rebound, the combination of moderating mortgage rates and more inventory should help put a floor under the sales activity of new homes. Now, let's get to that durable goods report that came out this week. And the report on durable goods orders gives plenty to be thankful for as orders rose virtually across the board and exceeded all consensus estimates. The largest rise in October came from commercial aircraft orders which rose 7.4% following a massive 23.4% jump in September. But even stripping out the typically volatile transportation components, orders still rose a healthy half a percent in October, beating the consensus expectation for a flat reading. Nearly every major non-transportation category of orders rose in October with the primary metal category slight decline, the lone exception. Machinery orders, which were weak in September, roared back in October with a 1.5% gain. One of the most important pieces of the report, shipments of core non-defense capital goods which excludes aircraft, which is a key input for business investment in the calculation of GDP increased 1.3% in October following a healthy third quarter. If unchanged in November and December, these orders would be up at a 5.4% annualized rate in the fourth quarter versus the third quarter, providing a tailwind for fourth quarter GDP. And orders for core capital goods, which will lead to shipments in the future, likewise showed strength in October, rising 2.1%. And while we welcome the recent strength in orders, we are cautious on what the next 12 months is going to bring. The shift from services to goods accelerated overall durable goods purchases beyond where they would have been had COVID never happened. The return towards services means a large portion of goods and related activity will soften in the year ahead, even as some durables that facilitate services like airplanes recover. The other recent news that the Federal Reserve reported that the M2 measure of money supply declined four tenths of one percent in October, the third decline for M2 in as many months. The M2 money supply soared 40.3 percent in 2021, the largest increase for any two years on record. But so far this year, it's declined out of a four tenths of one percent annual rate. If these recent data are accurate, and we may have some doubt, and if this slow pace continues for a prolonged period, the economy is in for a rare, very rough time in 23-24, and inflation, which should remain elevated next year, could plummet in 2024. In another news, initial unemployment claims rose 17,000 last week to 240,000. Continuing claims rose 48,000 to 1.551 million. These figures are consistent with rising payrolls in November, but not nearly as fast as earlier this year. And on the manufacturing front, the Richmond Fed Index, which is a measure of mid-Atlantic factory sediment, rose to minus nine in November from minus 10 in October. And at present, we're estimating a 49.9 reading on the National ISM Index reported next week which would be the first sub-50 report since early 2020 during the onset of the COVID-related shutdowns. The Dick you with you with Wealth Wake Up here on KGMI. We'll be back after a little quick, quick break.
0: We don't have the usual traffic jams that they have in the big city, but sometimes things happen to snarl everything up. Depend on KGMI to keep you cruising to your destination with KGMI Traffic Alerts. We'll tell you where the trouble spots are. And if you see problems on the road, give us a call at 360-676-5464 so we can spread the word. KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM and KGMI.com.
3: Keep up with what's happening in Linden with Bo Wild and the Linden Hometown News on KGMI.
0: Further north on the guide, if you look back toward Linden's door, you'll see some clearing and some building going on. There is a fuel station and stores going in there. It's brought
4: to you by Rustler's Front Street Grill and the Rusty Wagon in Linden. Stop by today for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Downtown on Front Street and on Hannigan, just north of Pole Road. Bo
3: knows Linden, and so will you with the Linden Hometown News. Mondays on the KGMI morning morning
0: news ask the experts with Western Solar
3: I keep hearing that the solar industry is booming. What's it actually like working in solar? Oh man, working in solar is a wild ride. They don't call it the solar coaster for nothing. Oi vey, can you spare us the dad jokes please? Right, right. Well, honestly, I've enjoyed every second working for Western Solar for over the past 12 years. We have an incredible team of industry professionals with full medical benefits, education stipends, and quarterly performance bonuses. Well, and on top of that, we've built a collaborative team that values excellence, integrity, craftsmanship, and creativity. We even get to write and perform dorky radio ads every now and then. You know, on that note, Callum, they've heard enough from us. Hey, Cheryl, tell the good folks how to apply for a job at Western Solar.
1: Interested in working at Western Solar? Find out more about what we're hiring for and submit an application online at westernsolarinc.com.
0: Ask the experts with Western Solar. With thousands of residential, commercial, and institutional projects already installed, find them today at westernsolarinc.com.
1: This is Kathy Buckley, owner of Bellingham Athletic Club. It's been a
3: crazy and challenging couple of years. We've been busy upgrading our facility, and our staff is excited to design a program to help you become your very best self. Come in today to get back on track toward your fitness goals. You'll be glad
1: you did.
0: Bellingham Athletic Club, where healthy isn't just a goal, it's a way of life. Located at 4191 Meridian Street, and find them online at bellinghamathleticclub.com wilson's furniture black friday event is on the best prices of the year are happening now huge savings on furniture for every room in your home just in time for the holidays don't miss wilson's black friday sale on now through the fourth on pacific highway in ferndale
4: the holiday season creates magical moments to connect with your child did you know that singing with children or talking about the colors or smells of the season builds vocabularies and helps their brains grow as a parent i'm the most powerful influence in my child's life by taking a little time every day to talk, read, and sing with them, I'm setting them up for a lifetime of learning from the day they are born. Visit TalkingIsTeaching.org for free tips, ideas, and resources to transform everyday moments into magical moments for learning this season.
0: Sign up for the CHS Northwest Propane AutoFill Program and receive a cellular tank monitor with no monitoring fees. Plus, you'll be able to review your daily tank-level readings from your smartphone or tablet. CHS Northwest, everything you need for home and farm. Online at chsnw.com
1: inflation hitting you like a stampede of hangry elephants you're not alone but this holiday season bellingham coin has quality gifts for any budget from antique jewelry and vintage teas to gold and silver coins and everything in between their staff can help you pick out that special item for that special someone no earth shaking or wallet crushing required
4: Come find your hidden treasures by visiting us at the Bellingham Coin Shop on Cornwall Avenue in Bellingham and at bellinghamcoin.com. Hey, at our startup, my team and I move at the speed of tech 24 7. And every single day, it's information overload. It's coming at me from all directions. And you know what? Bottom line, I just need the news that matters. So where do I turn? Local radio and TV. I want to hear from people who live and work in my town. They give me the real story with information I know I can rely on. So where else can I find out what's happening in my community? Weather and traffic, things that affect my family and my business. I want to stay informed by sources I trust, my local radio and TV stations. For the best entertainment, sports, news, traffic and weather with no agenda and more reliable than other platforms. So if you ask me for the information I want anytime, anywhere, I stay local. Support your local station. Text RADIO to 52886 today. Furnished by the NAB and this station. Message and data rates may apply. Reply STOP to opt out.
0: The latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio.
3: Tired of inefficient heating, poor indoor air quality, and rising energy bills? Contact West Mechanical today at westmechanical.net. To explore going ductless with a system from Mitsubishi, electric cooling and heating.
0: Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. And be an American,
2: well Welcome back to What Wake Up? Dick Donahue with you this Sunday morning here on KGMI. You know, FTX users you can't count on any help from the IRS. When market investors suffer losses or get taken for a ride, they're often eligible for a tax write-off to soften the blow. Users of bankrupt crypto exchange FTX won't be so lucky. Here's the difference. Let's say you're a crypto investor on an exchange that's still standing. If you've suffered investment losses amid the market decline, you can simply sell to offset your gains and potentially take a deduction. That's because the Internal Revenue Service allows investors to sell poor performing crypto, just as with stocks, and use those losses to cancel out capital gains from selling better performing assets. But if losses exceed gains, investors can deduct up to $3,000 against their taxable income. Losses beyond $30,000 can be carried forward every year until death to offset gains in future years. But that's not the case for customers at FTX or any other crypto exchange that blows up. The tax code specifies that if you want to take a capital loss, you must sell or exchange that asset. Losing access as to it because of the exchange shut down is different and would most likely be insufficient in court. Another provision in the code allows for a deduction if a security is worthless. No luck there though. The IRS has said that digital currency is considered property, not a security, like a stock. Plus, the asset has to be worthless, as in zero, not close to it. Then there's the theft-loss route, but it's complicated. Before the 2017 tax law changes, investors who had losses because of theft could deduct them against their ordinary income provided certain criteria were met. Along with a bunch of other miscellaneous itemized deductions, the theft loss deduction was largely eliminated except for losses tied to a federally declared disaster. An FTX user's best bet when filing tax returns next April may be to try to take advantage of a special provision to the theft loss rule created after the Bernie Madoff scandal, which still allows for a write off if the loss was due to a Ponzi scheme. But the loss has to meet some stringent requirements to qualify. For example, the investor has to show that they expected a profit and perpetuators must have had specific intent to cheat investors. FTX's founder, Sam bankman fried hasn't been charged with a crime. Some advisors who are overseeing what remains of FTX are struggling to find the company's cash and crypto according to bankruptcy court filing, but keep in mind. The theft loss deduction is moot if you plan on taking the standard deduction rather than itemizing. The theft loss deduction is only for those who itemize because they receive a bigger write-off for deducting items like mortgage interest and charitable gifts separately. And Some crypto investors on bankrupt platform Celsius Network, which offered high yields in exchange for crypto, may consider another tax play, but it seems like a long shot. If they can show that they had made a loan to these platforms and that their entire investment had become worthless and they can't be recovered, then they may be eligible for what's known as a non-business bad debt deduction. But that's a high bar. Just because accounts are frozen and withdrawals are, are limited isn't sufficient and bankruptcy doesn't automatically mean that the total debt is worthless. So which just goes to say that crypto investors who have been badly burned this year shouldn't expect any relief from the IRS. And let's talk a little bit here about whether or not or should investors make IRA contributions after they've begun taking their required minimum distributions. In these provisions, many of them were covered under the SECURE Act, which is securing a strong retirement act of 2019 and it got wide ranging press attention, especially the death of the stretch IRA and increases in the required minimum distribution aged 72. That provision that allows traditional IRA owners to continue making contributions after age 72 got less fanfare question is do you want to do that well before the passage of the secure act investors at rmdh which was then 70 and a half which now i said is now 72 were not allowed to make contributions to their traditional iras once they hit that rmdh in contrast roth ira contributions have been allowed at any age as long as the contributor and or his spouse didn't exceed certain income limits Well, the Seer Care Act delayed age for first-time RMDs and lifting the age requirement for additional IRA contributions, both uh, nods to the fact that Americans are working longer than they once did. So, twice as many people at age 65 or older were working in 2019 than they were on the job in 1985 according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And hundreds of thousands of Americans who retired during the pandemic are now re-entering the labor market in their 60s either on a part-time or a full-time basis. So who does contributing to a traditional IRA instead of a Roth later in life benefit? Well. A Roth IRA or Company Retirement Plan will tend to be better receptacles for additional contributions from older workers. A traditional IRA may be fit only in a handful of situations. The key one is an older worker who is playing catch-up on retirement savings. The contributor can deduct the traditional IRA contribution from their taxes. And when the contribution eventually comes out of the IRA, then of course you have to pay taxes on it. So the taxes are due. But if the contributor expects to be in a lower tax bracket at the time they withdraw, taking the tax break while working will have been worth it. So if you're eligible and not doing qualified charitable distributions, Absolutely less, consider yes, consider traditional IRAs. There's a problem in there if you're doing charitable distributions over at age 72. That's a separate topic. We can talk with you individually on a separate basis. But in these instances, the investor can take advantage of what we call the backdoor Roth IRA, maneuver by funding the traditional IRA and then converting it to a Roth IRA. But there is one significant caveat in that pro rata rule affects the taxation on the conversion. And many older adults have significant traditional IRA assets. Again, something we could sit down and work with you on. But converting the funds will trigger a tax bill in that instance. And the pro rata rule has to be considered, which is a percentage of all of your IRAs if you try to do a backdoor Roth. So we're finding that while some of the working clients can take advantage of the traditional IRA contributions after RMD age, the conversion is more nuanced around the current and future tax rates, both for themselves and whoever is going to be inheriting the funds. So that becomes a very important factor to keep in mind, is future tax rates and also those of somebody else is going to be inheriting that money. And that's because taxable investment accounts still receive a stepped-up basis inherited to death. There are, of course, other considerations before recommending traditional IRA contributions after the RMD age. And contributors to their spouses need to have earned income from paid work in the year in which they made the contribution and it must be at least equal or above the amount of the contribution. So, spousal income, though, also does count. You know, even if you personally don't have the earned income. If your 73-year-old spouse earned $15,000 from a consulting gig in a given year and wanted to make a $7,000 IRA contribution for each of you, that would be perfectly allowable. An income from a job, net earnings from self-employment, and disability benefits received prior to minimum retirement age all count as earned income. In from other common sources such as Social Security, annuity payments, portfolio income, pension income, RMDs and rental income do not count towards earned income. There's also income limits that prevail whether investors at any age can take from making IRA contributions. The contribution limits for traditional IRA contributions that can deduct from your income tax return are the most stringent. Roth IRA contributions are allowed at a higher income limit. Anyone can make a traditional non-deductible IRA contribution regardless of their income. So again, options are limited somewhat in your income and whether you can put money into a traditional IRA. Roth IRAs have a little bit higher level of income. If you want to make a non-deductible IRA contribution, you can do that. And these contributions could then be converted to a Roth via the backdoor Roth IRA. And again, that's something we can sit down and discuss with you. But the backdoor maneuver will trigger taxes if retirees have significant traditional IRA assets that have never been taxed. So again, something we can help you calculate and something you can work on. There's also a significant added benefit to using Roth IRAs, since contributions made later in life can grow beyond the RMD age. And because they're not subject to RMDs, Roth IRA contributions are a solid choice for earners who are maintaining saving to leave assets behind for their heirs and won't expect to spend the money during their lifetimes. The tax benefits are stretched out over a much longer time frame. And Roth IRAs can be an ideal platform if you're eligible. I would look at this strategy as more of a generational wealth transfer strategy because the goal is that you would not draw from it as the Roth doesn't have RMDs. It also grows tax-free. And there are similar benefits for making additional contributions to company retirement plans like 401Ks at RMD age. Provided the older worker has earned income, they can continue to make contributions and won't need to take RMDs as long as they're employed. Moreover, income limits don't apply to company retirement contributions in contrast to IRAs. So, in many cases, if you have access, you're still working to put money away in a company 401k plan, then that's definitely the route that many, many, many people should be looking at going. This is Dick Donahue with you with Wealth Wake Up here
3: on KGMI. We'll be back shortly. Want to win big? We're celebrating 50 years at Barron. Hi, I'm John Barron, owner of Barron Heating, AC, Electrical, and Plumbing. And I'm Brad Barron, fourth generation here at Barron. I'll never forget the tools in Dad's garage and the paperwork on Mom's table as our home became the beginnings of Barron Heating. Our humble start grew into the Barron of today, serving five counties and providing careers for over 200 families. Since 1972, customers have been the heart of our business. And today, those family values are put into every job we do. We love this community and want to celebrate with savings on solar, generators, plumbing, air duct cleaning, and more. Plus, save 20% on services like annual maintenance as a Silver Shield member. And five people will win 5,000 Baron bucks towards any Baron service or installation Book through November 30th to be entered to win. From all of us at Baron, thank you. We look forward to serving you for the next 50 years.
0: Baron Heating, AC, Electrical, and Plumbing. Our mission, improving lives. No purchase necessary. Visit baronheating.com for details.
3: Hey, what'd you do this weekend? Oh, you know,
0: stayed home, did the same old things.
3: Does this conversation sound familiar? KGMI's Lifestyle Lookout covers events happening each weekend that you may or may not be aware
4: of. Don't get caught in the same old conversation on Monday morning.
1: KGMI's Lifestyle Lookout is
4: brought to you by Labels Consignment. Find quality and current women's clothing, shoes, home decor,
1: and more at Labels on Northwest Avenue and Jane Street.
3: Lifestyle Lookout airs every Friday on the KGMI Morning News.
1: Imani wouldn't be here if it wasn't for St. Jude. Everything was perfect until that day when she was five weeks old.
3: So there was a fairly large and aggressive brain tumor, but St. Jude Children's Research Hospital gave us the ultimate gift in this world, which was hope restored.
1: And she's tumor-free now.
3: We came as two desperate parents, and they saved our daughter's life. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures. Saving children.
0: Learn more at stjude.org. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA
2: Welcome back to Wolf Wake Up. Dick Donahue with you this Sunday morning here in KGMI. If you got questions for us, give us a call. 360-733-1200. That last segment, we talked a lot again about... Uh, Funding IRAs after the age of seventy-two, which is your normally your RMD age when you have to start taking money. Something we've got a lot of good information on. We have a number of tax programs where we can help you go in and calculate what your benefits are. So again, if you've got questions for us, give us a call. We'd love to sit down and discuss it with you. Okay, let's talk a little bit about how much the US has sent to communist China this year. You know, two eight weeks after it was inaugurated. President Biden traveled over to the State Department to deliver a speech about his foreign policy. One point he repeatedly stressed in that speech that he was not going to let the People's Republic of China take advantage of the United States. American leadership must meet this new moment of advancing authoritarianism, including growing ambitions of China to rival the United States, Biden said at the beginning of his speech. He said we must start with diplomacy rooted in America's most cherished democratic values, defending freedom, championing opportunity, upholding universal rights, and respecting the rule of law and treating every person with dignity. He also said to take on directly the challenges posed by our prosperity, security, and democratic values by our most serious competitor, China will confront china's economic abuses counter its aggressive coercive action to push back on china's attack on human rights intellectual property and global governance he said and then biden specifically focused on the well-being of american working class including how it related to u s relations with china Every action we take in our conduct aboard, we must take the American families in mind, said Biden. Advancing a foreign policy for the middle class demands urgent focus on domestic economic renewal. If we invest ourselves in our people, Biden said, if we fight to ensure that American businesses are positioned to compete and win on the global stage, and if the rules of international trade aren't stacked against us, if our workers' intellectual property is protected, then there's no country on earth, not China or any other country on earth, that can match us. So how have we done with all this strategic aims to push back on China's attack on human rights and keep American working families in mind in every action that America takes abroad? Well, the State Department's 21 report on human rights in China described the Chinese regime's systematic attacks on human rights of the Chinese people. It basically said that genocide and crimes against humanity occurred during the year against predominantly Muslims. And members of other ethnic and religious minority groups. And this is according to the State Department. He said these crimes are continuing and included the arbitrary imprisonment of more, another severe deprivation of physical liberty of more than one million civilians forced sterilization, coerced abortions, and more restrictive application of the country's birth control policies, rape, torture of a large number of those arbitrarily detained, forced labor, and draconian restrictions on freedom of religion or belief, freedom of expression, and freedom of movement. This is what the State Department said from their 21 report was taking place. Government officials and the security services often committed human rights abuses with impunity, according to the report. And while China continued to inflict these abuses on its own people, it also continued to run a massive trade deficit with the United States. In 2021, according to the Census Bureau, the United States exported only $151.442 billion in products to the People's Republic, while it imported $504.935 billion. As a result, the United States ran a one-year bilateral trade deficit with the People's Republic of $353. Billion. So far in 22, the Census Bureau has published the international trade numbers for the nine months from January through September. But things have not gotten better in the U.S. trade relations. They have actually gotten worse. In the first nine months of 21, when the U.S. was on its way to that 12-month deficit of $353.493 billion, the U.S. ran a trade deficit of $235 billion with China. And in the nine months of this year, the U.S. has run a $309.23 billion trade deficit with China. That is 55.723 billion, or about 22% up more from the first nine months of last year. Last week, while attending the G20 summit in Bali, India, Indonesia, Biden met with Xi Jinping, the general secretary of the Chinese Communist Party. A report in the New York Times suggests that the Chinese government was happy with the outcome of the Xi meeting. Its headline said after the Biden Xi meeting, Beijing signals optimism over relations with Washington. But the new starting point that the United States should establish with Beijing is not one that will make the Chinese Communist Party happy. It should be one that will pressure China to stop its human rights abuses and eliminate the trade imbalance that from the first nine months of this year has resulted in the American people sending a net $309 billion to a Communist regime. So, wake up! Okay, let's also talk about some critical facts that we're seeing and they are being ignored in the climate change debate. Many Western countries are enacting policies to rapidly transition from fossil fuels, coal, natural gas, oil, to less reliable and costly green energy sources, mostly wind and solar, while ignoring the critical benefits of hydrocarbons provide. The outcomes will be nothing short of calamitous for more developed countries as their energy industries are crippled. Witness the energy crisis in Europe. At the same time, less developed countries are being prevented from partaking with the many benefits that fossil fuels provide. It is no exaggeration to say that the wide availability of fossil fuels almost exclusively resulted in the steep rise in standard living over the 20th century and into the 21st century. People live longer, are safer from extreme weather events, eat more, travel further and faster, have more leisure time, drink cleaner water, and breathe cleaner air, and produce more goods and services. Take crude oil, for example. Not only are fuels derived from crude oil. In ideal for various forms of transportation, they also make thousands of products from it. And while other energy sources have been developed over the same time period, fossil fuels as a whole still provide about 80% of the energy that people use worldwide. And only some extraordinarily dangerous risk from the continued use of fossil fuels could possibly justify abandoning them. So should we just thrust the ruling class war of fossil fuels and accept the suffering that will inevitably come? After all, these are complex issues involving climate and economic models and new and emerging energy technologies. How can the average citizen wade through all this data to decide? Well let's expose climate alarmism. Any policy decisions about climate change and fossil fuels must be based on comparing risks and benefits. But when it comes to supposedly human-caused climate change, specifically greenhouse gas warming, official statements from governments and international agencies such as the United Nations International Panel of Climate Change do not consider the incredible benefits of fossil fuels. It's no wonder that so many people believe that our greenhouse gas emissions are only present risks. These risks supposedly include increased hurricanes, tornadoes, heat waves, droughts, forest fires, and rapidly rising sea levels, among others. What's more, alarmists claim that the rising temperature will soon reach a climate tipping point beyond which it gets rapidly more worse, much worse, than Earth becomes uninhabitable. It's surprisingly easy to dispose these claims, and you don't necessarily have to be an expert. This makes me wonder how so many educated people can be so spectacularly wrong, and this is a topic for another day. In disposing the claims, there's no need to focus on personalities or or dueling authorities. There are certain key figures that cut through the fog. The only tools you need are basic understanding of trends and knowing how to spot misleading data. And for example, contrary to what most news outlets have claimed recently following Hurricane Ian, hurricanes making landfall in the United States have not increased in the number or frequency since reliable records began being kept back in 1851. Neither have increased globally. Moreover, strong tornadoes in the U.S. have decreased significantly since 1954. So what was the worst decade for heat waves in the last 120 years? Would you have guessed 1930s? And would you be surprised to learn that climate change has not worsened forest fires in the US? The average global temperature has risen by a little over one degree Celsius or about two degrees Fahrenheit since the late 19th century. No one disputes this. Since 1980, it has risen 0.16 Celsius per decade on average. How much of this warming is man-made and how much is natural? Well, in short, climatologists compare models that include human effects on the climate, which is what has happened in the real world. And this is where expertise happens. But you don't need to be a climatologist to know if the models match reality. In fact, the models have been running much hotter than the actual temperature in recent decades, both globally and in the U.S. This implies that climate models overestimate the human contribution to global warming. Still, what if we are headed toward a tipping point, albeit more slowly than, than thought, this concern might be more believable if you're living in an un- unprecedented times, but pale, pale climatology research shows that cl- current temperature, if anything, is on the cool side relative to the whole Holocene period, the period since the end of the last day, ice age. Since Earth didn't encounter a tipping point when it was warmer, then it's extremely unlikely that it's going to encounter one anytime soon. But why aren't green energies? Why green energy alternatives won't work? Well, basically even the risk of fossil fuels outweigh their benefits. We still need, need to know if even possible to replace them. It's Ex- surprising this question is not asked more often. but let's first consider what that although fossil fuels are burned to generate heat, often converted into other forms of energy such as electricity, they're also used to make products we use every day. Oil is especially versatile. Only 45% of U.S. oil consumption actually goes towards making gasoline. 9% is used to make jet fuel. 25% is projects ranging from solar panels, wind generators, and asphalt tires, plastics, and waxes. Agricultural oil disposal depends on heavily on fossil fuels, both for powering farm machinery and making fertilizers and pesticides. And it's also very unlikely that jets merchant ships or large trucks ever run totally on batteries. I'm going to run out of time here today, sorry I can't complete this, but the real green revolution is not uh, some hope for net zero emissions utopia. It is here now and is actually fueled by carbon dioxide the very carbon dioxide that we put into the air from burning fossil fuels and plant food. As all the carbon in a plant or tree comes from the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, the benefits are already evident as we see significantly increased greening on the earth over the past several decades as a result of increased carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. So for believers, this is a sign of God's providence in creating a world that provides for our needs and even as the population grows. Again, had to cut part of that out. Sorry about that. Dick Donahue. with you with Wealth Wake Up here on KGMI. Don't forget our live show on Saturdays at 11. If you've got questions for us, give us a call, 360-733-1200.
1: opinions voiced in Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Guests on Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, a registered investment advisor.